Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello. Welcome to today's podcast. Glad to have you on on this Friday special edition of the podcast, September 17th, as we continue our journey through First Timothy. And yes, I'm still li- listening to Danny Gokey. Listen to Be All Right. Yeah, everything will be all right. Yeah, I like it. All right, so we are, uh, yeah, we're just we're down to the last two chapters of First Timothy. So we're going to wrap up chapter five today, and then Monday we'll actually wrap up the entire letter to First Timothy uh, with chapter six. Uh, so thanks for being on today. Uh, so Paul, again, is giving instruction to young minister Timothy, one of the last writings of the Apostle Paul uh, that we have. Uh, obviously, Second Timothy would have been later, even 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 later, um, but uh, as in later on in Paul's life. And so, um, yeah, let's do it. First Timothy chapter five. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, because he's gonna punch you in the face. No, <laughs> no. Anyways, don't rebuke an older man. It's about respect, man. Talking to a younger man. Timothy's like 30 years old, right? In his 30s. He says, don't rebuke an older man harshly. But you got to, you know, you got to, you can't embarrass someone. You can't shame someone. If you want someone to hear what you're saying, you got to, you got to do it properly. So do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. So you got to talk to him like he's your father. Show him some respect. Um, even if you have to, even if you have to rebuke him, even if you have to correct him, make sure you do it with a lot of respect. Paul's just given Paul's just given some super golden um, pastoral advice here. Like here, here's some here's some wisdom. Here's some uh, some guidance on pastoring and leading a congregation, leading the church. So when it comes to correcting an older man, you, you better do it wisely, <laughs> or it will go badly for you. <laughs> Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Right? Got to keep it keep it pure in the church. Respect women as, as if they're your mothers, younger women as if they're your sisters with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. Now, that's interesting. Really in need. Why? Because there's some widows who are just playing around. They ain't really in need. They ain't really in need. Um, you know, we deal with that in the church all the time. Not necessarily widows, but people asking for money. And part of the most difficult things in men, in those situations is trying to discern, is this a real need or is this someone working the system? Is this someone who just goes from church to church asking, take, you know, asking for requests and handouts? Um, and so, you know, how can we both, both be compassionate Gracious, merciful, but also wise uh, with God's money and God's resources. Um, and so, you know, Paul's saying, give proper recognition to the widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice 
by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. So he's saying the first level of help should come from their own family. Right. And so if they're, if there's a Christian family and, 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 uh, and grandma is coming asking the church for money, we need to be teaching the rest of the family who call, claim themselves to be Christians that they should be stepping up and taking care of grandma. Right. Um, that that's the first priority, put their religion into practice by caring for their own. This is pleasing to God. Is it, does it please God when you care for your own? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Remember, too, in uh, antiquity, there was no government uh, programs for this. You know, this you, you it all came through family and uh, and religion. Verse five, the widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. So if you're really alone and you have no other resources, then you look to God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. So the one who's just playing a system, the church doesn't have any obligation to that. Give the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for his for their relatives and especially their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow. You see what Paul just did there? You, Paul's like, he brings the practical, he brings the, the, uh, the, our relationship with God and our faith in Jesus and our salvation down to a super practical level. He's like, if you refuse to help your own family, then you've denied the faith. You've not just denied a loved one. You've denied the faith and you're worse than an unbeliever. What's he saying? Faith without works is dead. That's what James, that's how, that's how James would say it, right? To, to claim all these things that Christ has done for you and not be compassionate and not be generous and not be caring for those that God places right under your nose is a denial of, of, of faith itself. It's, it, it makes your faith um, impotent. Have you truly been saved? Have you truly been embraced by the gracious love and mercy of God if you can't find it in yourself to even help those who God places right in your sphere of influence? especially those in your own household. Verse nine, no widow may be put on the, the list of widows, the list of widows to help, presumably had a list, unless she is over 60. This is very practical, man. This is like this is like policy and procedure stuff here, right? Okay, so if, if we're going we're to make a list with widows, and uh, first of all, they got to meet certain criteria. They got to be over 60. They've been faithful to their husband, uh, and they're well-known for their good deeds. They're, they're legit. Uh, and here's some examples of what are, what, what are good deeds. Well, here's some. Uh, she's, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing feet of the Lord's people. She's been a servant in the Lord's house, helping those who are in trouble, and been devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. So they, she can be put on the list of widows for those who uh, qualify for uh, benevolent help. As for younger widows, do not put them on the list. Wow. Not because you're not supposed to be compassionate and caring, but there's look, that's the thing, right? It's like that's the reality of life and reality of ministry life. There's only so much to go around. You know, for, at Bayside, we have a benevolent fund, a benevolence fund, but there's only so much of that that can go around. So you can't put every request 
You can't meet every request. Even some of the, even you can't meet every legitimate request <laughs> because there's just, there's only so much, right? And so you gotta, you gotta make, and it's never easy, right? But you gotta make a, you gotta, you gotta make a, a decision. You gotta make a cutoff point. And so he says for younger widows, don't put them on a list. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus, they bring judgment on themselves because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle. So they, the idea is that older widows, they don't have as many options. They're over 60 years old. They're not going to probably be able to get a job or forget job. They can't remarry. They can't provide for themselves. But a younger widow, there are, she still has options. Um, she still has options. And so if she, if she starts just relying on the church to supply all of her needs, Paul says what? They be, get in the habit of being idle and going from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not say, <laughs> ought not say, ought not that they ought not to. So it just it just feeds it feeds a bad lifestyle, <clears throat> this dependent lifestyle <clears throat> that um that's going to actually lead nowhere. So we don't want to reinforce that. And not only do they become idlers, but also busy. Oh, I said that already. Verse fourteen. So I counsel younger uh, younger widows to marry. To have children, to manage their homes, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. So to get back in the game, like you know, um, after you've grieved and for whatever reason you've lost your husband, um, to at some point remarry uh, and to kind of get on with life. Um, some have in fact already turned away to follow Satan. So some have, you know, some of them have not listened, <laughs> obviously. And uh, have been caught up in all these other things. If any woman who is a believer has widows in her care, she, sh she should continue to help them and not let the church be burdened with them so that the church can help those widows who are really in need. So if you're if they if so, someone in the church is already helping these widows, don't you know relinquish that responsibility and say, okay, uh, now you go let the church take care of it. No, no, no. Keep, keep doing what you're doing so the church can deal with those others who are also really in need. The elders, overseers, episcopos, uh, who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. Especially those who work in preaching and teaching. All right. All right. Those who preach and teach, those uh, pastors, leaders who preach and teach, are worthy of double honor. For scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. And the worker deserves his wages. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's just a word about, you know, pro providing for your pastor, providing for your spiritual leaders, that they're worthy of double honor. They're wor worthy to uh, don't muzzle an ox while it's treading grains. Well, the idea is while, while an ox is treading, you know, don't put a muzzle on him so he can't eat any grain. No, while he's working, let him also eat. Um, verse 19, do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Okay, so don't allow, don't entertain slander against your leaders unless it's brought by two or three witnesses. So unless two or three people can validate it, don't even, don't give it any room. Um, because that's what, I mean, you know, I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor, you know this. The enemy attacks leaders. He really, he attacks everyone, right? I mean, I know that. He attacks everyone. The impact of his attack on a leader is 
is exponentially greater, right? Because of the influence a leader has. So if, a, if a, the enemy can take out a leader, that impact is going to have it's going to have a lot more fallout than a non-leader. And so Paul's saying, look, the enemy loves to make accusations. Um, and so, but unless those accusations are by two or three witnesses, don't even entertain it because it's just a distraction. But those elders who are sinning, if indeed there are two or three and they are caught in sin, you are to reprove before everyone. Don't, don't even don't even hesitate. They need to be corrected and publicly so that others may take the warning. I charge you in the sight of God in Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and do nothing out of favoritism. Yeah. That's like your favorite leader, right? Just because it's your favorite leader doesn't mean they're exempt from being corrected. Verse 22, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. You know, when you lay on hands to pray for people, hey, hold on. Make sure you know what you have. What are, what are, you, what are you agreeing with them for? What are you praying? Why are you laying hands on them? Don't be hasty. And don't share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Verse 23. <laughs> uh, That's what makes me chuckle. Stop drinking only water. That's the totally opposite. Stop. We, we say just the opposite dates. Do you just need to be drinking water? <laughs> but Paul's like, stop drinking only water. And use a little wine because of your stomach and frequent illnesses. <laughs> He's like, apparently Timothy had some stomach issues. You know, so drink a little wine for your stomach, man. You're going to have to drink a little wine for your stomach. Your stomach all toe up. Stop drinking water because that water is messing with you. But you need a little wine for your stomach. So stop drinking only water. Use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Apparently Paul thinks the wine's going to help a little bit. <laughs> And wine, wine will help you a little bit. Just drink your little wine for your stomach. Verse 24. The sins of some are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others shall trail behind them in the same way. Good deeds are obvious, and even those that are not obvious cannot remain hidden forever. Mm. Good deeds are obvious, and even those that are not obvious cannot remain hidden forever. That's true, man. That's a great word for us today. You go out today, you do good. It, it, and it may seem like it's hidden. Your good deeds go hidden, but they won't stay hidden forever. You know, they will, uh, they'll become obvious. They'll become obvious. And maybe there's sin, some sin around. Maybe you're around people who are doing some things that ain't right. You're like, man, why does, not any, why does no one see this? Listen to what the word says. The sins of others trail behind. So what does that mean? Like you do these actions and, and the sin sometimes trails a little bit behind, but make no mistake, it's going to eventually be disclosed. By and by, in due time, it's a trustworthy saying, worthy of full acceptance, <laughs> that even those though that are not obvious cannot remain hidden forever. Mm. All right. Let's keep our lives and our hearts and our minds pure today. Let's uh, Let's seek to... Be an example of good deeds and uh, and gratitude today. Um, yeah, very practical stuff about just Christian, just this the church, just life in the Christian community, life in the church. Basically, like a New Testament policy and procedure manual right here. 
<laughs> in First Timothy chapter five. So, well, thanks for being on today. Hey, let's pray um, and uh, and go make a difference today for the glory of God. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for the practical aspect of your word and how sometimes we need guidance, Lord, because it's not always easy to know when to help, when not to help, where to start in our help. And Lord, uh, you've laid some incredible guidance out here for us to start with our own household, to to love those that are closest to us and to do that well. Uh, so Lord, help us to have our eyes open and our hearts open to those who are uh, in our own household, in our own family that need our help, that need our guidance, that need our uh, input. Uh, Lord, and in all things, help us to show respect to everyone. To older men, help us to respect them. To younger men, help us to respect them and to treat them as brothers. To younger women, treat them as sisters with all purity. With older women, to treat them with uh, with love like uh, that of a mother. God, we, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the family of God. I pray for my friends today. pray your blessing upon them. Uh, may you encourage them and strengthen them today. Those who are sick, may you raise them up, give them strength and encouragement and healing today. Those who uh, may be just dealing with mental uh, sadness or depression, Lord, we just rebuke it in Jesus' name. We pray that with those, replace those uh, negative thoughts and sad thoughts with thoughts of uh, hope and uh, whatever is noble, whatever is admirable, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is good, whatever is pure and holy, uh, Lord, we choose to fill our minds with those things. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together, uh, to read, to uh, to pray together, uh, and to just to build connection. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you for being a part of this Thursday edition of the podcast. Um, just here on the podcast, nowhere else. Not on Facebook, not on Instagram. No, just here on the podcast. And so uh, to, on Monday, we'll uh, continue on with 1 Timothy chapter 6 as we wrap up uh, the first letter to Timothy. And then Tuesday, we'll start 2 Timothy. Uh, thank you for being a part of this journey through the New Testament. Um, it's been an awesome journey so far. I know God's going to continue to show us great things as we read and study and pray together. Uh, love you guys. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the commitment to, uh, to this learning and, uh, and growing community. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.